in unity. We come to worship our God, for he is God all by himself. There is none like him. Can we just thank God with a hand clap of praise? Just thank God for being an awesome God, a loving God, a mighty God. Let us take a moment right now to forget about ourselves and concentrate on him and through prayer. Mighty God, we just thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you. For how you look high, you sit high, but yet you look low to see about, Lord, your people. Lord, through our trials, through our tribulations, through our heartaches, through our pains, and even with our joys, you are the same God whose love never fails. Your mercy is everlasting, and you can do all things. So, Father, we cry out to you, O God, because we know with you something will change. So, God of all comfort, God of peace, God of life, we ask you right now to speak to our hearts. Transform our minds and renew us, that we will walk in according to your will. Now, Father, we pray that you'll be pleased with the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts. May they be accepted, Lord, in our sight, for you are our rock and you are our redeemer. We want to bless you in spirit and in truth, we pray. Amen. 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 As we continue to worship awesome God today. We want to worship him collectively together. That's why we come together, the joy of fellowship. And we want to encourage you to join and worship our God a little something like this. We want to
that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to all mankind. Oh, y'all ain't hear me. He said, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Maybe God hasn't been good to you. Maybe you mad at God. But God is good. All the time he has been blessing you. Take a deep breath. You're breathing, ain't you? Yeah. Huh? You, you was able to come out here, right? You made it here safe and sound. That's, that's good enough right there to give him praise. For he's worthy of all praises, glory, and honor. He said, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And you have breath. I have breath. So let, let's praise the Lord this morning. Don't worry about what's happening on the outside. You ain't got to worry about it. You, right now, you inside. Where it's nice and warm and cozy. Uh, we don't feel like praising today. That's all right. Pastor's going to preach about can I live? Coming from Ezekiel chapter 37. Can I live? Ezekiel chapter 37. If you're able to stand around of God's word, you may do so. Ezekiel chapter 37. We're going to begin at the first verse. All right. Ezekiel chapter 37. Give everyone an opportunity to find it so we can journey together. Ezekiel chapter 37, the first verse. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. And it reads, The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? Mm -hmm. O oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, You alone know the answer to that. Mm -hmm. Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am what? You with me. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly as I spoke there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the wind, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come, O breath. From the four winds, breathe unto these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood on their feet, a great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, We have become old dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, oh, my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. Amen, church. Let's have a word of prayer. Our Lord, our God, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. There is none like you, Lord. Lord, we just want to come thank you this morning, Heavenly Father. Just thank you, Lord, for the little things you do we just take granted for. Thank you, Lord, for being able to breathe, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we can talk, we can walk, we can see, we can hear, we can smell, we can taste, 
we can touch and, and feel, Heavenly Father. Father, thank you for that, Lord, how you touched us and awakened this morning. Lord, we're able to feed and clothe ourselves, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for protecting us last night as we slumber and we slept, Heavenly Father. Father, we know that nothing catches you by surprise. You know what's going on in each and every one of our lives. You know what we need even before we ask, Heavenly Father. Father, we ask in Heavenly Father, looking unto you, the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, we put it all in your hands. Lord, touch from the front of the church and we're all the way to the back in the festival. Lord, just touch right now in the mighty name of Jesus, Heavenly Father. Touch our minds, our bodies, and our spirits, Heavenly Father. Regulate them, Lord, that we will have a mind to want to serve you and worship you, now to just forget about ourselves and just focus and concentrate on you, Lord. For we can't help but thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, because you've been so good to us, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, because you've been so kind, Lord. Lord, we could be the ones living over in Ukraine and Russia, Lord. Living in Gaza, Heavenly Father. For you know what's going on in those nations and in those countries, Lord. Lord, you know what's going on right here in this country, Heavenly Father. For we ask you to please intervene, Heavenly Father. For if you don't help us, Heavenly Father, we don't know where to turn to. For only you have the answer, Heavenly Father. Father, we thank you. Thank you for hearing our cries, Heavenly Father. We thank you, we praise you, we magnify you, Lord. It's in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen, church. Amen.
spoke. Praise God for his word. You may be seated as you take your seat. Help me announce the subject matter to you. Never ask them the question. Can I live? Amen, amen, amen. Ask your neighbor, you did not wake them up, but they fall asleep, help them to stay awake until we get to the end. Ask them, can I live? Think about how we want to live our lives. Life is what you make. How you live your life is your choice. The quality of your life is based on your beliefs, your values, and your life experiences. We choose how to live based on our values, based on our beliefs, based on our life experience. Think about what job you chose or your vocation you chose, what music you like, what food you like, what activities you like to enjoy, what sports or sports team you like. A lot of us might have go back and look like, I like this sports team because my daddy liked this sports team, or I, I like this kind of music because my mama or my daddy kept on playing these albums or, or A-tracks or CDs or MP3s. Y'all know what generation you're in. When you heard that music, how it was played and where it came out from, right? I, I remember that this is it and this is what I enjoyed going on. Who influenced you? Who impacted you? Encouraged you to go the direction that you are living right now? But my question is that how many of you have some goals, and have some dreams based on those values, those beliefs, and those experiences. Have you achieved them? Or are you achieving them? Or have you had some missed opportunities? Have you had some dreams shattered, some dreams not come to fruition? What I'm questioning is, is that oftentimes we make plans for our life because life is what you make it. But yet we may not achieve what we wanted because we didn't have the right ingredients. Was God a part of this plan? Let me encourage you that life is always better with Jesus. Let us look to see how the Lord will lead us to our best life with him instead of looking how I can have my best life without him. The Lord will lead you to greater opportunities and let you understand that no matter how many failures may come your way, I thank God that even in our failures, even in our issues, in our troubles, in our trials, our God can still bring life to what is dead. Am I talking to somebody here? So you, we can take our broken pieces, we can take our shattered dreams, and we can come to God and say, Lord, what can you do with this? And I heard Jesus says, for man, it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Tell your neighbor, that's all things. I'm going to give us kind of a theme verse uh, to, go, to go along with this. This verse encouraged me in times of my life, and I hope that you can do the same for you coming from Psalm uh, 37th number. Verse 4 and 5 says this is, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give desires of your own heart. Trust in him, and he will do this. Amen. New Living Translation reads this way. I had to memorize New, in New International Version. New Living Translation reads this way. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord, trust in him, and he will help you. Yes. What it's highlighting here is that same thing we know in Proverbs. Lean out to your own understanding, but in all your ways, what? Acknowledge him, and he will what? Direct your path. What I want to encourage you that any plan you have without God, it has a better chance of failing than succeeding. But any plan you have with God has a greater chance of succeeding than failing. With the Lord, we will see it done in our lives. Our text today teaches how God is able to restore those who have broken, who are dis distressed, and who are without hope, that God can restore. So the question is, can I live? The answer is yes, with Jesus. With God, we learn to seek his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Israel's disobedience in our text today led them to be overtaken by Nebuchadnezzar. In studying this text and, and studying and learning about Nebuchadnezzar, we're familiar with Nebuchadnezzar because that's the same Nebuchadnezzar with Daniel, right? And the lion and, and the den and the three Hebrew boys, right? We learn about him. But you understand that this Nebuchadnezzar, God quotes him to be his servant. This man is not of Hebrew. He's not a Jew. He does not worship God, but God is going to use him to chastise his people. I want you to understand here that if you can't get right, God will get you right. He had to send someone to come and take them out of their comfort zone and put them into exile in order for them to turn back to God. Well, when I highlight here that sometimes we go through trials and tribulations in our lives only to help us to turn back to God. 
One thing I like about that, when we go through our trials and tribulations, it does not mean God is not with us. It means that we're not with him. But God is always watching. God has always set boundaries. The enemy can only go so far. The enemy cannot do what he wants. We only do what God permits. And we understand because of sin, there's going to be consequences. I want to encourage us to understand that no matter how you live, you, get, you cannot escape the consequences of your sin. What is done in the dark will be revealed in the light. Israel has suffered. They did not honor God while living in the land. So God reminds them through the prophets. Many of the prophets were telling them before they were exiled, repent. Uh, you got an opportunity to get right. So get right. But they were loving their sin more than they love God. That caused them to be exiled and be where they are right now. Ezekiel is living with them in ex- exile. With the Israelites and he's called by God to prophesy to the people. God is using Ezekiel to tell the people the plan of the Lord. What I like about this is that God always wants us to know his plan. It's not a mystery. God wants what's best for you. Now, you may not agree what's best for you. That's fine. That's fine. But I want to remind you that you're not God. (laughs) So you can disagree and be upset, but understand that still God is right. Don McClurkin reminds us, we fall down, but we get up. (laughs) And and here's what happens, that we're going to live our lives and we're going to fall down because our plan, we thought, was better than God's plan. And we're going to fall down. But with God, we can get back up again. <laughs> and what I want to encourage you to understand that they are down right now. That's why this vision that God gives Ezekiel, this is a dream, a prophetic vision of what God's going to do, that he sees the people down as a valley of dry bones. So the question is, can they live? The question is, can I live? Live your life with God now and watch the power of the resurrection. He asked me, son of man, y'all see that with that? Verse 3, can these bones become, notice this, living people again? Notice what is not said there. It did not tell you how they died. But it lets you know that they once were alive. Mm. And so it's pointing out that I can restore what has happened here. Israel is expressed as, in this text as dry bones. Barren, dried up, lifeless. These bones were unable to live and, had a, and, and did not have what's needed in order to come back together and be sustaining living people. But yet they live as broken, shattered dreams. With God, it is possible. That's why the prophet reminds him, Lord, only you know. The prophet had enough sense to understand that it's not what I think, it's what you do. Because no matter what I think, it's not going to happen unless you say so. Am I anybody here with me? Yes, sir. And so we understand that God has, is the creator of all things. And if he speaks, things happen. That's why the Gospel of John says, beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. Go on later on, so the word became flesh, talking about Jesus. But what also was just highlighting here that in Genesis 1 and 2 says that this earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters. And the spirit of God was hovering the surface of the waters. What's highlighting here that when creation became what it is, God's spirit was still there. So now we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, part of our creation. And so if I'm going to live, I need God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit involved in my life. I'm going to talk to somebody here. So can I live? No, I cannot live without the Word of God. I need Him to speak into my life. Here it is. God calls a prophet to prophesy. He says, speak divine inspiration to the people. The people need to hear a life-giving message from the Lord. We are surrounded in our lives today with so much death and so much turmoil and so much disappointment. How much more we need to receive the good news of the Lord. It's kind of hard to live when I'm always healing. Things are making me feel bad about myself. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not good enough. Every time I look at something I have, I'm lacking because I don't have what they got. They tell me that's what I need in order to have a better life. But yet I got to pay so much money to get these things. 
But God says, I want to give you a better life. I'm asking God, how much does it cost? He says, it's free. How can something so great be free? For God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes. And I pray for have what? Everlasting life. Aren't you glad that God gives us the best gift? And it is for free. I, I, I heard Jesus saying that if he can clothe the lily in the valley, it's better than to clothe Solomon. <laughs> Won't he take care of you? <laughs> so when we look at how the world wants us to live, and then we look how God wants us to live, we start understanding that some of them don't line up. God tells us to be last. The world tells us to be first. God calls us to serve one another. The world says I should be served. Something's not lining up. Therefore, let me get the truth. Let me spend some time in the Word. Hear the Word in your life. Notice how the prophet had to speak in order for them to receive the Word. Faith comes from hearing and hearing the gospel of Jesus. We are today dealing with the people who don't want to hear the Word. They want to hear the truth. I understand it this way that some people get mad when they hear the truth. That's when we got to let them know, don't get mad at me. When I tell you the truth. I, I, I want you to understand. You, you can be angry. But don't be mad at me. Be angry with the truth. I'm talking to somebody here. I, I, I'm just giving you the message. That the Bible makes it very clear. That there is a heaven and there is a hell. And if you don't believe in Jesus. That's the only way to get there. I know you want to put somebody in heaven. Because it makes you feel better. But you're going to find the truth. When you. Whenever he bows and every tongue confess in heaven and under the earth, under the earth, you won't find out somebody might not be there who you place there because you placed them there. But we have not a heaven nor a hell to put anybody in. All of us got to go what the word of God said. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man gets to the father but through me. When we speak his truth, power starts happening in our lives. The word of the Lord will remind you to look to the Lord and say, God, I need a word from you. That's why Jesus taught us that prayer. What? Give us this day our daily bread. The word of God will direct you in the ways of righteousness and dependence in his will. The word tells us what is good and what is perfect and what is right. That's why in Micah, God says, I already told you. You already know what's required to love justice and mercy and do what is right. He, he said, I'm not telling you anything new. I've taught you this before. But one thing I'm glad about what it says is that God is always willing to remind us of what he wants us to do. Which means is that God does not give up on us. I, 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 I've given up on people. you probably given up on people, right? They ask you, what you say? You Go find out for yourself. I, I've given up now. I'm not going to repeat it again. But I can go back to God. God, what did you say? I said. <laughs> Love your neighbor. As you all right, all right, all right. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me. Thank you for reminding me. Because think about how Peter came to see you. How many times I got to forgive? Like, now I said. <laughs> how many times I got to give you a lesson on forgiveness? And so he gives it to us continuously until we get it. So what does that mean? That means God provides hope. Because he keeps on speaking to us until we get it. It means I have an expectancy. I have a great urge of looking to think things are going to get better in my life. No matter how bad it is, I can check with God. And so the, the prophesied, so he says in verse 7 and 10, says, So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound, behold, and a rattling of the bones came together, bone and, and, and it's the bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, there was flesh. Everything came to happen to them, but yet what happened? They were not alive. See, it got part of it. It received the word. I, I want, we, sometimes we do enough, but we don't go all the way. We got to fully invest ourselves into God and fully trust in him. And so this is what he says, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus said the Lord of God, come from the four winds. What I want to highlight here is that we know the four winds basically represented the direction. So it's basically saying from everywhere. Which means God is everywhere. 
There's nowhere we're outside the touch of God. And then this also suggests to us is that God is consistently looking to bless us. That's why Jesus made it very clear to Nicodemus. Y'all remember Nicodemus when he came to Jesus asking him, uh, you know, how do you get eternal life? And he let him know that you must be born again. And when Jesus tells him how you must be born again, it says that flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. And the spirit moves like, and no one knows how, because it's everywhere. It can just move how it wants to move. So here it is, the prophet is now speaking to the four winds to come to this area of valley of dry bones so that they might have life. Because they were spoken to and God gave them the potential of life, but yet they didn't have life. But life came when breath showed up. Does that sound familiar? In Genesis, God took up the sand and he formed it, but yet it didn't have life until he, he breathed life into them. Pastor Price said earlier today, isn't God good? Everybody take a breath. Yes. <laughs> we have breath because he first gave us breath. <laughs> and so understanding how Life came because of God speaking life into them and his presence being there. They had the potential, but yet they could not move until God gave them the power needed to be all that he called them to be. Notice what happens. Once they received the bread, they became an exceedingly great army. I think this is very interesting how the text tells us it became a great army, not that it became a mass people. Because the army is ready for action. Mm, mm. An army is ready to move and march and claim and, and protect and to defend. The army is trained and ready to go out and do battle. Do you understand that the enemy is doing his battle? How much more we got to do our battle? Uh, the gates of hell cannot prevail against God's church. And when we are standing in the power of God and his mind, putting on the whole armor of God, and when we're standing, we're standing in his strength, we're standing in his power, that we can march and have victory. With God we have hope. But notice that the valley of the dry bones represented their hopelessness. You look, look closely right there in the text, verse 11. Y'all with me? Then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying we have become old, dry bones, all what? Hope is gone. Our nation is finished. There might be times in your life, if you haven't experienced that time, that you might feel our hope is gone. That life is at its end. There's times in your lives that you have not been there, you're going to be there, because this going to happen. This happens in life. There's going to be some times in your life that you're going to feel like it's not working out. What I plan to have happen in my life is not happening. And you start wishing. So here's the thing about how people start thinking things about what should happen, how things could have been different and should have, would have, could have. And we start going through all those things. And what happens? Then we start feeling depressed. We start feeling stressed. And we start wondering, am I doing the right thing? That's hence why you see a lot of those books, those self-help books go out there. Because everybody says, oh, that might answer my question. But I want to encourage you that that self-help book might help you. But there's a self-help book that's been around 2,000 years. The B-I-B-L-E. And you can open up that Bible and say, Lord, you got a plan for me. I, I tried my plans and all my plans ended to be shattered and broken. That I feel like there is no hope. I feel like I have no direction. But yet, God, with you, I find out that I can live. Because you give life. Because you are life. And you sustain what you begin. And so I'm glad, God, that you finish what you start. I start many things in my life, but a lot of things I did not always finish. But God, I've been reading through your word and you are 100% on your completion. And so I want to sign up and be a part of your plan. I need to receive your word. I need to receive your spirit so I can walk in according to your will. Verse 14 says, I will put my spirit in you, and you will what? Live again, and return home to your homeland. I have hope because I believe I can return back home. Now this return is kind of a subjection here to meaning that they're going to repent. 
Repent means to change your mind. They are in exile because of their disobedience. So if they're going to return home, they got to remember their covenant. They got to remember the promise. They got to remember the blessing of Abraham. And realize that God said that we should be the head and not the tail. But right now we the tail because we did not follow the blessing. We didn't trust you, God. We didn't love you, God. We had idols. We had foreign things that we were worshiping that sidetracked us and got us into the mess that we are in. We are to blame ourselves. We can't blame somebody else. Oftentimes in lives, we want to blame somebody else for what happens in our lives. But I encourage you to remind yourself that you control your response. I can't control everybody else, but I can control my response. Yes, you said some things that make me very upset, but I didn't have to knock your teeth out. That was my response. That was a bad response. But the Bible reminds me that I can turn the other cheek. I can bless and not curse. I can pray for those who who persecute me and pursue me. So when I understand what the Bible calls me to do, it makes it easier for me to do the harder thing. Y'all see how that works out? It's the harder thing to turn the other. It's the harder thing to be quiet. It's the harder thing to pray for those that want to see my fall. But yet, when I turn to God, I I get peace. That I can rest and I get joy no matter what's happening. Realize that greater is my reward in heaven than here on earth. Am I talking to somebody here? So when we're living our best life, we're not living it because we are opulent, we are rich, and we're famous. We're living our best life when we're serving as Christ calls us to serve. The Lord's breath moved as the prophet spoke. And notice how everything came to life. We need God to speak in our life so everything can come to life. God's word revives us. His spirit revives us. His presence revives us. When we come into his presence, it's going to cause us to realize how big he is, how small we are. When we come into his presence, we realize how holy he is and how unholy we are. When we come into his presence, we desire to be in his presence. So we want to leave those things that take us away from his presence. So we draw nigh unto him. So Lord, help me remove those things that have easily betangled me and caused me to stumble and fall. Many of us, through our life experiences, know those things that cause us to hurt ourselves and hurt others. We know those sins that have been our vices. But I want to encourage you that you don't have to stay in this valley of death. But allow God to speak to your life. The prophet made it very clear. God, only you know. But notice how God wants to move in your life. But are you ready to listen? The Spirit of God can do amazing things. They have been beaten. They have been defeated. They are living in 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 captivity under a different rule. And they want to go back under God. What I want to encourage you is that if you want to experience a new life, you got to live under a new rule. You can't be the ruler, but you got to surrender to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the host of hosts. God has the power to bring us back. Verse 12 highlights again, therefore prophesy to them and say, this is what the servant Lord says, oh, my people, I will open your grave. Of exile and cause you to what? Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Notice what it says that I'm open the graves. We bury, right? What is dead. So he said, I'm taking what has been dead and I'm bringing it back to life. And I am going to take you back to the land of Israel. Remember, Israel is a land of promise. Israel is their blessing. Israel is their home. I want to highlight that this text right here not only applies to them right now, literally, 
but also in the future. Do you not know that this is not your home? But yet, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are a citizen in heaven. And Jesus says, I'm coming back to get you and take you where I am. Matter of fact, he talked about how Paul talks about how the graves will open up. And so that was what was dead will rise again. But we can't rise again until after he rose again. Aren't you glad that he defeated death once and for all? And so we see here that our God wants us to have our best life. And our best life is found in him. Because in him there's only life and no death. Because death has been defeated. That's the power of the resurrection. This means that the power of the resurrection means that I have victory. That's why Paul says, oh death, where is our victory? Because we got victory through Jesus. And so knowing that God will put his spirit in us, ooh, means we got power. Highlighting what we talked about last week, right? the same power that rose Christ from the grave is also in you. The same power that was able to walk on walk. The same power that's able to raise the dead. The same power that's make the blind to see, the dumb to speak to and, and hear. God has that kind of power. The same kind of power that can transform your mind and open up your heart to see the will and the hope of his calling in your life. That's why when he said he raised him up to be an arm. Notice that God is with them because the spirit is in them. That's why we like what Paul says that if God is for, as God is for us, who can be against us? We always have the victory with our God. And when we get a new, a, a new spirit, we get a new heart. Look at that in verse 26. In verse, I'm sorry, in Ezekiel 36, 26 says, and I will give you a new heart. And I'll put a new spirit in and I will take out your, stone, your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. Y'all see that there? And so we see that God is going to give us a new heart. And so here it is that he's building upon that new heart and a new spirit. So you just go back earlier, 36 chapter, verse 26. And I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. Yes, and then we see what the new spirit being in, which is corporate and including the new heart. Give us a clean heart. Our God can give us a clean heart. Now here's the thing. We've messed up. Our own sin that caused us to stumble and fall and deal with these broken pieces. And for that, your heart is heavy. And for that, you feel guilt. You feel shame. And that's what happened because that's what sin does to us. But yet, we know that our God is faithful and just to cleanse of all unrighteousness. And he is mighty and able to forgive us. That's the easy part. The hard part is for us forgiving ourselves. We don't want to forgive ourselves, but I want to encourage you right now to let you know that you're not bigger and better than God. So if God can forgive you through Christ Jesus, you can forgive yourself. But what the problem is that you might not be able to forgive yourself because you're not willing to change. But if you're willing to change, you realize that I want to let go of my old self and start walking in my new self. Now, notice that God is showing that this is a, a, a presence of them in a sin situation in the valley of dry bones, but they're going to go to the promised land. And many of us know how it works when you start moving from one direction to another, that you get further away from where you used to be. But the closer you are, easier it is for you to turn back. Have you been there before? You were traveling somewhere? And you forgot something, but it was too, you were too far distant to turn back. And you just you say, yeah, I'll get something over there. Y'all see how that works out? I, I, I reached a certain amount that is too far for me to go back. But I'll look to get something new over there. Y'all, y'all with me here? I, I moved so far that it's too far for me to go back. But I'm going to get something new over there. What I want to highlight you here is that don't go back to your old life. But as long as you walk with God, you start getting further away from your old ways. And you start looking for something new over there. Because over there, there's peace. Over there, there's joy. 
Over there, there's love. Over there, there's hope and everlasting. When you start looking back to what is dead, you won't go back and be dead. But if you start keep your eyes on him, you're going to have hope. You're going to have joy. You're going to have life. Those who keep their mind stayed on him will keep them in perfect peace. So receive the word of the Lord. Realize you can live with him. Life with him is better. Life with him is sweeter. And here's the other part. That when we're living with him, we're living with one another. The church is the body of believers. So together we ought to come together and keep our eyes on him. The more we come together, the stronger we're going to be. And the stronger we're going to be, the means that I can have someone to help me be accountable and help me keep my eyes on him. Because remember, there's going to be some days. They're going to go through some hearts, some heartaches and some pains, some trials and some tribulations. I'm going to need somebody to help me to see the hope. I'm going to need somebody to help me understand that you don't have to stay here. But God can move you further ahead because he's able to do so. Am I here glad that God is able? And so you know the question is, can I live? The answer is yes. But there's a caveat. i got to live with him. God the Father. God the Son. God the Holy Spirit. He can speak to what was dead that it can become life. As I think about the power of God's word, just think about how God spoke, let there be light. I want to ask you one question. Have you ever seen light stop? <laughs> because what God begins, oh hallelujah, only he has the power to end. So don't let somebody else tell you what you can't do if God is still speaking. The author and the finisher of our faith is still writing your story. How do I know he's still writing your story? You still here? And so tell he has called you to be with him, you're still here. So get it right while you got chances. Get right while you have breath in your lungs. So that we won't have to come together and start thinking about how the quality of the life was diminished. Because you did not know Jesus. But I want to encourage you right now, if you don't know Jesus, today is the day. Harden not your hearts. And listen to the salvation of the Lord. The Bible makes it very clear. You confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. You shall be saved. And with him you can live. And you can have life and life more abundantly. He will awaken you and help you see that you can do more in 24 when you're walking with him. So turn your life to him. Walk with him. Those who are already walking with him, remind yourselves that if you got to clean some things up, that you we became slack and we kind of backslide and we allow some things to creep in. Go ahead and do some house cleaning. And say, Lord, what did I allow to get into my house that I need to remove out? So that I don't get sidetracked. And let us stray. Because you know the Bible is written to Christians and to the people of God. They already knew better. And they're the ones that had the idols. They're the ones that forsake. They're the ones that left. But are so glad that God could arise. They come on back home. Yes, sir. And so you're feeling dead. Right now I want you to know that God can speak life into your life. Yes. But will you receive the word of God? Yes. Let us pray. Father we just thank you. That you are always talking. We thank you, Lord, that your word never goes out and comes back void. We thank you, Lord, that your word is sharper than a two-edged sword. We thank you, Lord, that your word is rightly to disciple and correct and reprove. We thank you, Lord, that your spirit teaches of all things, reminds us of your will. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. Father, forgive us for times that we've made it more about us than about you. Forgive us, God, when we made plans, and our plans that did not include you. But, Lord, right now, we want to take this moment to correct that right now, God. And say, Lord, have thine own way. Lord, we pray that your will be done. Lord, we ask you to give us the courage to say no to things that are not of you, so that we will walk in right relationship with you. Help us, oh God, to let go of those things we thought we needed more than we needed you. And, Lord, may we realize, Lord, that take everything. All we need is you. Father, might be someone here who does not know Jesus and looking for a church home. Uh, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you add on to the church, church daily, such as should be saved. Uh, 
Father, may it be this place where we welcome them here, that we may grow with them, disciple them, and celebrate the communion of saints and serve this community together with preaching and teaching your great gospel, making disciples. So, Father, move, Almighty God, we pray. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. If that's you today that decided to give your life to Christ and you're looking for a church home, we encourage you to reach out to us through our website, www.zionbcpoa.com. If you're here, we want to prepare to give our tithes and our offering. You're welcome to walk around and maybe talk to our deacons and our ministers saying, what must I do to join this place? We'd be happy to share with you and disciple you and grow with you. As we prepare to give God his tithes and our offering, we freely give that to God where all belongs to him. Let us pray. Father, we freely give back to you where all it belongs to you. We thank you, God, for how you blessed us, how you prospered us, and given it to us. And then, Father, we ask you to bless those who have desired to give, but yet have not. Uh, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you supply all our needs. And so, Father, we cheerfully give back to you, for you desire a cheerful giving. We pray what is given would be blessed and multiplied and increased uh, for the work of your kingdom. In Jesus Christ and Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, we have our junior ushers going to help and lead us around so the junior ushers come forward with the ushers. Amen. Will you follow their instructions?